Do I sound okay? I mean, no, there's like all this vocal fry. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, see, no, this is happening again. Can you fix that? <laughs> That's a cute bit. Um, Should we do that as a bit? We just did it as a bit. We're recording, baby. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> So Liz, as many of you can tell, is calling from inside a sealed containment facility. Liz, (laughs) you are in Truanon Base Alpha, correct? (laughs) Yes, this is the bunker that I uh, that I built for myself and myself only. Mm -hmm. With the in like about two weeks' time. Yeah, I I I spent a lot of time on Reddit, and Mm -hmm. I I read all the Reddit posts. On our preppers. Yes. And uh, I'm good to go. Yeah. So for me, I've actually been been doing this crazy thing where I've been going door to door telling people about the coronavirus. And to put them at ease, <laughs> I, what I do is, you know, it's like we said last episode, you just got to go up to them, shake their hand, do the European kiss on the cheek thing to show that, you know, <laughs> solidarity with Italy and France. Mm. Uh, and then you have to, in solidarity with our Spanish brothers and sisters, make them a paella and uh, sit down, sit down and eat it with your hands with them using using pieces of bread. Uh, I don't think you're supposed to do any of that, right? No, no, you aren't. Please don't take that seriously. No. So we are, <laughs> we are in. What is it? How long? When? When did? When did everyone realize that the world was going to end? It was it last Wednesday? Uh, I think it was after they listened to our podcast on Friday. Yes. Uh, but but uh, yeah, it's been a weekend, and stuff's moving real fast. So how are you holding up over there? Um. Well, I have not made very good headway on this puzzle. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's weird. So I was like prepping, obviously. Uh-huh. I love saying that. Uh, and so I ordered all these uh, puzzles like two weeks ago. And because I'm a girl, I was like, okay, I'm only going to get the pretty one. Yeah. And so I ordered all these like really nice, it's like, museum collection and it's all these like paintings and it's very cool and I was like oh these are my cute photos mm-hmm. for social media and then I was feeling low like two days ago and so I like started to work on a puzzle I was like I'm gonna do my first puzzle and it's the last supper mm-hmm. and it's so hard oh it's yeah so it's a puzzle hard. for Christ's sake Liz here's the thing about puzzles is they aren't fun it's like uh it's like torture yeah, and math. Says it's fun. It's not fun, baby. I'm sorry. You're not having fun. If it was fun, I you'd mean, be having fun. Uh, how's yeah. your How's I, your mental I'm state? Make it work. How's your mental how's state? What? How's your mental state over there? <laughs> Say it again. For Christ's sake, woman! I'm just kidding. I just wanted to do that. I feel like mine. <laughs> I've been hanging out, hanging in there pretty good, and I feel like my, my crack. I haven't talked to you in a few days uh, in person over I the know. phone, so you know. Uh, but you doing good? You cracking or what? I don't know. I'm up and down. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah. Like 
I don't know. I feel like we were pretty honest. I, I actually, I was listening to the podcast we did, and I was like, wow, it's as weird as that. Like, I actually hate being transparent on podcasts like, and on social media, and I don't like it, people knowing anything about me, actually. Yes. Famously so. <laughs> it's like kind of, yeah, it's kind of my brand. Um, but I will say just to like keep up with the like, we're here for you, turn on phase two vibe. Um, like it's up and down. I am like having a couple breakdowns a day, mm-hmm. but I'm okay. I'm yeah. going to be okay. That's what I keep telling myself. I'm going to be okay. I think one thing that I've learned is, uh, the importance of cleaning and recleaning firearms. Uh, and, and one of the best things about owning a gun and you might, uh, you know, Liz does own a firearm. Um, however, it is technically a recoilless rifle, but, uh, I don't even know what that means. It's like, uh, I'll tell you after. Um, but the, the good thing about guns is that there's only very few things in life. You can lube. I believe an engine, uh, an asshole and a firearm. And you mm. can just lube and re-lube it over and over and over again until you basically can't hold it. Uh, and that, that goes for any of those. But uh, I have been, I've been doing that. <laughs> I, I got to tell you something fucked up, baby. I've been what? Doing, I've been doing great. <laughs> like, well, that's good. Someone has to. Like, I'm telling you, like, I, I will get into more of this later, but like, I was made for this. This is, this is my moment. Like, a lot of people, so I know a lot of our fans, fans think I'm manic, right? Yeah, okay. Um, I'd like to address the rumors. Yeah. Stop messaging me about Brace. Brace is fine, you guys. Brace is good. I am good. I would actually like, if yeah. it's okay with you, I would like to read a little something. Um, oh, my gosh. That proves that I'm I not. I knew you were going to do this. That proves <laughs> that I'm not manic. I'm, little, I'm removing my glasses right now. So this is from a psychiatric battery that I took uh, about five years ago when I was in an in institution for drug use, not for, not for being nuts. So check this out. This is verbatim. And there's something I'll tell you about this test and the doctor who gave it to me after I read this. But uh, on the mini interna- international neuropsychiatric interview, Brace endorsed symptoms of a substance use disorder, mainly heroin, then cocaine and methamphetamines. He has used all three of these by IV. That means IV is like the the, the Roman numeral for four. Uh, Brace has also used other... That means I've used him four times. Brace has also used oh other God. narcotics, such as Dilaudid, Methadone, and Codeine, as well as Nitrous Oxide and Poppers. Pause. Uh, he has also used marijuana. There were some factors of antisocial personality disorder he endorsed. That is a personality disorder. No, I'm not a woman. In childhood, he endorsed skipping school repeatedly, repeatedly lying and cheating, and in adulthood, he endorsed behaving irresponsibly, such as failing to pay for things he owed, I don't see what's so bad with that, and doing things that were illegal, which, again, that's laws change all the time, such as selling drugs, stealing, etc., <laughs> as well as having yeah, been in physical... Exactly! I'm like, I don't understand how me having a fucking personality disorder is literally contingent on Anthony and Scalia. You know? <laughs> like, Scalia could lift this. But check this out. This is where I redeem myself. As well as having been in physical fights repeatedly and also having lied or, in quotes, conned others to get money or drugs. He does seem to show remorse, however, and therefore, although the mini showed a positive diagnosis 
for antisocial personality disorder. Brace does not seem to fit the exact DSM-4 picture of a person with APD. So, first of all, misdiagnosed, and they didn't even give me the real diagnosis. Second of all, and I mean this, a lot of people think I'm kidding every time I say this, often I am not. I really did fuck this woman's coworker. No. I did have sex with a member of the staff at this institution. Uh, who, I know. Okay. So well, that aside, did you read? Um, did you read the word mannequin there? I didn't read anything because I'm miles away from you in lockdown. That's true. But I didn't hear manic. No, no you're not manic, and you're not bipolar. No, in fact, it seems like this woman just endorsed me with cool guy disease. <laughs> I will say I didn't like, I don't know, I don't like hearing about you hurting yourself. It like, really upsets me. Well, it goes on to say that I showed no suicidal tendencies and I've had no, never done that in the past, which, you know, that's, no. it's, if, anyone, if anyone out there needs to be reassured. No, I'm fine. It made me stronger. And in fact, it propelled me towards this situation that we're in right now. Speaking of, so you hear that Liz is calling from the bunker. Liz, why is it that you cannot come to San Francisco right now? So, um, we are in, well, it starts at midnight, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, San Francisco County and surrounding counties, uh, Contra Costa, Alameda, you know, seven counties in the Bay Area, whatever. Mm-hmm. They all announced that we are going on effectively a three-week lockdown. They aren't using that word because they don't want to freak people out. Yep. But starting at midnight, uh, all businesses will be closed except for grocery stores, pharmacies, banks. Uh, I don't know what else. I think that's pretty much it. Oh, no. Some restaurants are going to be open. Well, obviously, and, uh, oh, oh, restaurants, but only to go yeah. for delivery. And then obviously, uh, you know, doctors and hospitals and Etc. Yeah. Um, but so, and you're, you, they said you can go outside, but not in a group, but it's discouraged. Like, basically, they're getting everyone ready for what I believe will be an extended and much more, uh, a much larger lockdown. Yeah, because w- what we've um, seen in Europe, right, is that it's basically a lockdown enforced by law. Like, yeah. you cannot yeah, no, go France outside. France went into lockdown today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Complete lockdown, which is really funny because, I mean, it's not funny, but it's like, you know, Macron was brought into France to be the kind of like, it was like, you know, the European Council's guy to gut the state, basically, right? Like, that was his job coming Mm -hmm. into France. Oops, spoiler alert. That's why they fucking ran him. Yep. But, um, (laughs) But now he's like, you know, all of Europe is closing borders. They're having hard borders. The Schengen zone is dead. Yeah. Like yeah. it's completely dead. Like, I don't think people understand we're, we're witnessing the collapse of the European union literally right now. There are hard borders up. Um, France is, you know, they're, they're, po- they're putting a pause on all rent payments, all interest payments, all um, utility payments, everything. Yeah, uh, they find the French have finally, uh, finally defeated their old foe usury. <laughs> you know, they're always talking about crazy, usury though. out I there. Mean, I, I really was watching this. You know, all the news come in today, and I'll get to to the the you know Donald Trump's press conference in a little bit. 
I don't know if you watched that. But, um, I mean, literally the European Union is collapsing. Like, yeah. I can't, like, like, free movement is dead. Yes. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's extraordinary. Incredible. And I, I don't really, I was talking to someone who's in Germany right now, um, earlier today, and they were saying that, you know, uh, Americans have a really bad sense of the, of the German health system mm-hmm. and that like Germany is just as fucked as everyone else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, although I thought that was kind of quaint cause I was like, you, you're literally not as fucked as we are. Yeah. There's like you no don't, you have no fucking are. clue like what's coming here. Um, but yeah, it's like real, like history is, you know, fucking happening every second, man. This is, this is some really crazy stuff happening that's, um, that th- I really can't wrap my head around. That's something that I've really been been sort of hyper-focused on, what you said right there, is the fact that history is happening, right? Because, I mean, I think for a long time, the sort of like end of history bullshit, not even talking about mm. in the way that, that my, my boy Francis, which, again, whack name for a man, no disrespect to any males <laughs> named Francis out there, much love. But or the that, Japanese. Exactly. Is he Japanese? Yeah. I thought he was Polish. The last name, Fuku... Yeah, yeah. Okay, it makes sense then. Um, <laughs> I, uh, now I understand why my Polish jokes about, about him did not go over very well at the gentlemen's clubs <laughs> I go to. But, uh, so, no disrespect to you. Um, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's like... I think for a long time, you know, even with the Iraq War and 9-11, I think 9-11 was like a jolt of it, a big jolt of it. I mean, I remember it very vividly. And it did sort of bring us into a new era. This one feels like more like something bigger is building, right? Like this one feels more like it's 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 snowballing into something that's not. I mean, if you watch 9-11, you can very easily predict what's going to happen after that, you know? War in Afghanistan that takes forever on purpose. You know, uh, nation building in Iraq that purposely fails. Sort of increased American presence uh, in in that region of the world. Um, But with this one, it's like those. If you are an average American or pretty much anyone but an average Iraqi or Afghani or even a non-average one, uh, you could sort of bury your head in the sand, right? Like you could be like if you lived in Des Moines, Iowa. You know, I mean, granted, there's more, there's more like uh, jingoism at football games, and you know, people did go pretty crazy. But if you wanted to ignore politics, you could ignore politics, and your life would be basically no different, right? Airports are harder to get into, but aside from that, you know, it's it's if you're the average person, you can't ignore it. This is something that is happening, and it's affecting literally every single person on Earth, basically, um, and it is it is totally annihilating basically parts of the old order or, or let me rephrase that pillars of the old order are crumbling, not the entire order itself, but pillars are crumbling, uh, in front of our eyes, uh, basically on a day-to-day basis. Right. Yeah. That's like what it, that's definitely what it feels like. I don't know. It's funny. I was again, like, I mean, you know, to people who listened to our last episode, I had, you know, extended, um, an invitation for anyone who, um, is feeling helpless or confused or whatever to DM me. And just, you know, you guys, I was like completely overwhelmed with the response. Uh, we'll get into some more of that, I think, towards the end of the show. But I just want to say, like, I think there's some people still waiting for me to get back to them. I promise you, I will get back to you. 
um, it's just been kind of an overwhelming response and having to kind of like take it a little bit slower than I anticipated. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, talking to some people, I will say that like, uh, I, I, it seems to be that there's, there's this like the, the anxiety is, is that's like kind of coming about is one, because like kind of living in this like limbo unknown is very difficult. And there's this sort of sense that, like, at some point, a shoe has to drop, right? Or, like, you know, not to use, like, a pun or whatever, but, like, a fever has to break or, like, something yeah, has to yeah. change. Something has to happen. Do you know what I mean? And I think there was, like, that sense around 9-11, too. Yeah. And I think that something that I kind of want to push back on, not that you're saying, but, you know, I think with the end of history stuff, because it's something I really like think about a lot. Like how do we push back on this hegemonic, like fucking like thick chemical fog that we have been stuck in for 40 years. Yes. Right. And this idea that it's just going to do it itself, I think is very dangerous. Oh, and I'm not you, saying that that's what you're saying. You're talking about like people saying that like COVID itself is going to, is going to change everything. Or like, we're just watching and, and it's like, this is collapsing. And so something will happen. Yeah, no, I just, I mean, something of, will happen, but I don't think that that's really the answer uh, that like people should be looking to. Yeah. But also it's like, I don't know if that's even true. Like I feel like, and I'm not, and you know, and again, like, I, I, I'm sorry because I'm not being very eloquent because I'm really just like working. We're all just like working through a lot of this stuff together yeah. and kind of as we go. But it is like, it's difficult in this moment because, you know, no one knows what to do and we don't know how to help each other because we physically can't be with each other. We can't organize together. Yeah. We can't do anything. Um, and so it's like, there's sort of this bizarre like push pull that needs to happen to sort of like uh, try to regain some kind of hold on like, or, or some like, even in a small way, some power over the situation. So you're not just passively anticipating a future that is not going to come. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be, sense. there's going to be, there's going to be basically room to maneuver at some point in this. I think the problem is for a lot of people that it, it seems rather difficult, you know, like even, even the old sort of like method that we're supposed to make our voice heard voting, right? For a lot of people yeah. that is, is going to be impossible. In fact, for everybody, you know, it's weird to say this, but don't go to the polls. Like, yeah, Pokemon don't go to the polls. Exactly. Uh, it's because it's and and that that you know that's supposed to be our outlet. You know that's what that's that's the little that's the little uh, release valve. The bourgeois allows us to pick our new fucking slave master every four years, or, or yeah. you know or you know there's by elections as well. Uh, but it's dog catcher. Exactly. Um, it's it's uh, although I, I I do believe that is an easier position for a communist to to attain. Um, <laughs> this is this is rather different in that in that a lot. I mean, on one sense you have 
I, I was talking to a friend about this yesterday, is like this could be if if things go the way I think they're gonna go, not necessarily not this isn't necessarily how they will actually go, but this is my 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 majority, you know, percentage I think it's gonna go to this. If this does hasten the fall of American hegemony and and really accelerate the rise of China, I mean, which is already both of those are basically I mean, at least the rise of China. I hate I sound like a fucking uh Times, whatever columnist saying this shit. Um, I you do. But uh, yeah, my name Belt Brace Friedman. Um, but <laughs> it uh, that is like a real possibility. I mean, we can see America basically being uh, unable, and of course, also in many cases, unwilling to help these other countries. But you know who can? China, because you know who can make ventilators? Fucking China. Uh, which you know, it, right? Yeah, smart. Something that's been concerning to me is, like, just as I've been watching this today, is you see the people kind of, like, or the people, I mean, like, media people or whatever, and, you know, commentariat, trying to make sense of, like, Democrats and Republicans, oh, yeah. whatever. And you have, like, Tom Cotton and Josh Hawley calling for, basically, like, cash transfers and, you know, pause and, like, expansion of benefits and all this stuff. And people saying, like, uh-oh, what's going on? Why are the Democrats being like, whatever, right? Yeah. And I kind of was like, you know, I think what people, what's really scary to me when I'm trying to kind of look at and think through the situation in the United States is that the only kind of, like, there are, there's a counter-revolutionary force. And by counter-revolutionary, I mean counter to the neoliberal revolution, which mm-hmm. we are still living, like, in, yeah. right? Yeah, I've been called the Trotsky of it. <laughs> Actually, they're all kind of trots. Oh, no, it? don't. Oof. Yeah. Um, I can say that. So the counter-revolutionary forces are really emerging, and this is something we've talked about on the podcast before, on the right. Yeah. And so you've got the institutions in the Democratic Party. Those are set up to squash or co-opt or absorb what would be, I think, counter-revolutionary, you know, typically what you would call left forces, mm-hmm. right? And so instead you've got this sort of counter-revolution brewing on the right, and that's very concerning. Um, I think, weirdly, the, like, media is framing it as, like, oh, the Republicans are outflanking Democrats on the left. And it's like, no, 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 no. You, you're thinking about it wrong, yeah. right? It's like, in a, you know, at, at a moment of crisis, there is a battle for legitimacy intra, you know, in the, within the ruling class. Yes. Right? And, and that's what we're seeing or potentially seeing begin to play out here. And that's a very dangerous situation to be in. Yeah. Um, well, ap- well abs- it, it's, 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 to me, it's like, well, first of all, I, I really take issue with a lot of those sort of like the way that left and right is thrown around in that context in the first yeah, place. Totally. Because I don't say, I mean, it's, 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 it's it doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Like, uh, of course, you know, Holly can't be left, right? Like, it's not, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's just not how the po- this politics works. But it's work. in the same way. It's like, it doesn't even make sense to call Nancy Pelosi. Like, I, exactly. I just don't understand any of that. It's, it's all just a, different flavors of liberalism and. Well, also some some illiberalism, which to be clear, we are illiberal here at uh, at, <laughs> at Truanon, um, but yes. it is just a different shade than some of these guys. Um, 
but it is like you know there it, there is some real room basically within the state and within within the ruling class as you're saying to to gain that legitimacy with the American working class and just with American people in general and it's basically a race to see who can do that and I don't see Democrats really running that race um yeah I mean I think you know another thing that's funny is um I, you know I, look things are going to change really quickly and and like I said like these battles are just starting to kind of emerge I, mm-hmm. you know so it's like even hard to see what's going on but you know I haven't even you know a lot of the corporations haven't really stepped up yet yep I know wait um, until wait until Amazon basically becomes sort of integrated with the yeah, state and I mean, even these like these all these that. delivery it's services to see Bloomberg like kind of step aside and I don't know if they're like getting their bearings I mean you know Bill Gates stepped down by the way yes very very strange very interesting. He said he wanted to spend um, more time with the children. Yeah, he didn't I mean, mention I, his own. Yeah, I, uh, I don't really know what to make of that. I um, mean, anyone who knows anything, get at me because I really want to know about this. Yeah, no dudes though. Um, <laughs> no. So anyway, so it's a very um, precarious situation that we are in, and we haven't even. And now, I mean we're talking even like too big picture. Like we should just talk about what our lives are going to look like for the next, I mean, how many months I have, I don't know. Well, I, that's I something, really don't know. That's something that we should, we, I really want to mention because like you were saying yesterday, I, or I can't even remember if that was yesterday. Uh, that we, like you were saying recently, you've been sort of going insane as have I about seeing people, people mention two weeks, right? And there's there's a, t- a yeah. couple of two weeks people are mentioning. People are mentioning that we're two weeks behind Italy, but then I also see a lot of people saying, and a lot of these sort of new uh, these new rules being rolled out with the, with the premise that this is a two-week-long thing that we're going to have to deal with. And, I mean, Trump himself today was like, oh, it'll be like July or August, which I think... Personally, yeah, and then they tried to be like, whoops, no, we didn't mean it like that. I mean, it's incredibly <laughs> optimistic. I mean, that, that's the thing. And I, I think that's like something I really want our listeners, I don't care about any other listeners, but our listeners, to, to really internalize mm. is that like, I know, I know personally for a lot of my friends that they've, they've had difficulty getting that like really through their heads that like, yeah. th- this seems like such a hassle and it seems like such a radical, violent shift from from the way things were just so recently that that there's no way it can last for more than two weeks, right? Like there's no way that this can be more than like a period of very momentary yeah. hysteria where things build to a peak and then subside. Um, and frankly, that that just by everything that I'm looking at, and believe me, listeners, I have been looking at this for a long time in very yeah, intense, uh, sometimes I even take my glasses off when I read my computer, uh, mm-hmm. manner, uh, this is not a short thing that we're looking at here. I think like, you know, that this came up repeatedly when I was talking to a lot of people, um, over the past couple of days, like in the DMs, is that like, I think, you know, cause a lot of people were asking like, how do I explain to my friends? How do I get my family to take this seriously? This is like, I'm, I'm going nuts. I don't understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And the thing is, is that, like, 
like we mentioned, you know, we have been living in this kind of, you know, this state of the end of history of just like, uh, you know, history is over, nothing will change, everything is this, everything is just how it is, and that's how it will ever be. It's, it'll it'll right? just be this, but more. And so I think that, like, this sort of, you know, break, we can call it that, a kind of, like, um, you know, interlocutor, or this, like, you know, moment of, like, like radical break that has happened in, you know, history right now that we are living in is, like, very difficult for people to internalize. Yes. Um, and I don't, and the thing is, is that, like, I don't hold that against any of our listeners. No. I don't hold it against any of their friends or their families. And, like, you guys can't either because, and this is the thing, is that, like, this shit is hard. Mm-hmm. Like, it is hard to accept that, like, like, our lives are not going to go back to how they were. And I don't mean in that way of, like, when people said that about Trump when he was elected. Like, things are changing in a way that we don't, we don't know what's going to happen. And we don't know what it's going to look like. But it's not going to look like anything that has come before. No, I mean, it's... And it's... you have to be patient with people. And that's the thing. You have to be, you know, Brace and I keep talking about this, like, you know, embracing radical love, which sounds really hippy-dippy, but get away from the hippy-dippy part and think of it as, like, a radical kind of, like, I don't know, cosmic cloak. (laughs) I guess that still sounds hippy-dippy. But, like, you have to be patient with people because you have to get them to understand because otherwise if we don't all get that life is changing, then we can't even begin to start to work together to change it for the better. Exactly. Because that opportunity like will, I mean, it's, it's again, like we are in such a weird transitionary phase that like, it's really hard to see sort of the, 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 the contours of the room that we're in, right. Or like the new hallway that we're entering. Um, and you know, that's, that's going to be like that for a little while, but like, we have to, we have to realize that there will be an opportunity here that will be very obviously imperfect, but like whether we're prepared for it or not, and there's a very good chance that we're not going to be prepared for it unless that we really start now somehow, um, that there will be an opportunity for like a pretty big change after this. I mean, it's just like it's it's gonna be a fight and like the the thing is you can't fight if you're still like in denial and like if you still like don't really get what's happening like starting tomorrow like i can't leave my house for i mean really for 21 days yes that's insane yeah yeah it is it's it's and i mean like that will be extended yeah, that's the thing is like you keep hearing these like three weeks, you know, these these weeks, this number with weeks thrown out there. They're saying that because they don't want to tell you it's going to be three months, right? Because first of all, they don't know, quote unquote, for sure. But like, you I mean, it, it's clear that that's, that's what's going to happen. But like, it's, it's they don't want to freak you out. And, and telling somebody that's going to be three weeks is a lot easier to stomach than, than telling somebody it's going to be three months. Um, yeah. and, or, or longer. 
And like, you know, things will settle to a degree, right? Like Mm -hmm. the world will settle into a new routine. And what I want most for our listeners to understand is like, you've got to get there first. Like you, like for me, this was a relatively easy thing to internalize like this, this, like, again, like I hate to say it, but like, I'm not doing bad. Like, like I'm doing all right because like I I I mean Christ I on the flip side I've been doing bad the entire rest of my life so if that makes you feel no. any better I have been as I like the way you feel now I have felt since the day I was born until last week um, no but it's it's like you've got to really internalize this and I think for a lot of people the biggest hurdle to overcome is that first sort of like melancholy, you know, drop right there, you know, like that first sort of like pit in the stomach, depression and shock. And like, okay, you feel that, but like you recognize that you feel that and then you have to move past it because what lies past that is, is sort of like not an immunity towards it, but it makes it a lot harder for it to get you down. And, and you have, you are going to be presented, like we were saying, with an opportunity and I can't tell you what that opportunity is going to look like. I can't tell you exactly what you should do about it. I will tell you what it's going to look like, and I will tell you what to do about it. But, like, can't yet. Um, you've got to be ready. And to be ready, you can't yeah. be moping around the house and stuff. You're going to be doing some moping. I, I have to say it. You're going to. But you've got to do it. You've got to be – I don't know. You've, you've got to be tough basically. Um, and, and you've got to accept it and you've got to, I think in a perverse way, enjoy it a little bit to, to, to really get past it. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, this is something that you and I were kind of talking about over the weekend is that it's this really kind of ironic challenge for our generation, yeah. I think in that, I mean, I'm sure that I, I, I shouldn't say ironic, but it's definitely, um, it's like there's a funny paradox, which is that, like, you know, we are, or they say millennials, you know, we are the most, like, alienated, you know, of all generations or yeah. whatever, and we don't interact or we date through dating apps and we're not getting married and we don't make, you know, it's like everything is about how we have no social connections with each other and we don't value any kind of actual social life. Yes. And all of that is being eaten away, you know by the neoliberal order, et cetera, et cetera. And so we're sort of presented with this, um, like, very weird challenge, which is that the only way we're going to get through this is to actually make social connections while not being able to do so physically. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we actually, all of this alienating technology, we actually have to use and figure out how to use in a better way. And it's, it's, it's something else we were talking about is that, like, it's, it's so funny to see these sort of, uh, duties, generational duties kind of flipped, right? Like, there's, there is this, like, conflict between millennials and between, between boomers. Uh, and, and some Gen Xers, I guess, but not really, um, about, like, who's dooming the younger generations, right? Right. Everyone likes to blame everything on the boomers. Now, you all know how I feel about that. I'm not going to address any shitbag comments I read from our dear listeners about that, but know your history. 
history, because I do. That's all I'll say. Um, yes, it's a unique position, right? Because now the millennials, look, like we hold the boomers' lives in our hands. Yeah. We yeah. are young vectors for a viral disease that will kill them. Yes. And, you know, like we said on the podcast last week, it's, you know, this whole, like, uh, fuck the boomers, like, they, well, maybe, I think the grossest thing, and we didn't mention this on the podcast, the grossest version I've seen is if they all die, then we can get X, Y, and Z elected. Yeah, yeah. Which is just the grossest, the grossest kind of, uh, and, and, like, idiotic analysis I've ever heard in my life, right? It's Malthusian, actually, is what it is. Um, and, you know, shares logic with white supremacists. But other than that, um, like, I, uh, I, I think that, like, you know, if you understand that you now have the power to kill off a whole generation of people, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. That's a huge responsibility. Now, our generation has a responsibility to save, you know, millions of people. What are we going to do? Yeah, like, it's, 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 are we so, like, I mean, you know, there's that, there's that sort of scene boomers is, like, all callous. And I'll be honest with you, there are quite a lot of callous boomers. I mean, granted, all, a lot of these problems that we're facing are problems with capitalism rather than problems of your fucking grandpa. But like, you know, there is sort of this view of them as like, you know, they don't view climate change as as big a threat, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and then you see people being like, well, I don't really view COVID-19 as as big a threat because it's not going to really affect me. Um, and right. we, we have a chance to sort of turn that on its head. Right. And to like, yeah. and to, I mean, like, like, like I've been harping on so much online. It's like, you should like put yourself at service of anybody that needs the help. I mean, whether that's people with, you know, autoimmune disorders or people who, you know, are, are broke, but also like old people near you. Like we, we told a lot of our listeners and we told our listeners to like, you know, leave notes outside of old people's, they live in an apartment building with them or their neighbors with them. And a lot of our listeners did do that, which is wild. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, like, one thing that, like, that, that is going to, I think, probably sneak up on a lot of people is that um, for old people, one of the biggest causes, old people kill themselves all the fucking time. Um, and one of the biggest causes of suicide, in fact, I think it's, like, the biggest cause of suicide amongst the elderly is isolation. And yeah. there is about to be a lot of old people very isolated. I know that, that in San Francisco and probably everywhere else across the nation at this point, certainly I'm sure by the point that this comes out, uh, there are no more visits at old folks' homes. There are no more visits at uh, retirement communities. Uh, and yeah. even amongst themselves, old people basically have to stay isolated. I mean, there can't be shared mealtimes anymore um, and no, you know, no games they can play with each other. And that is going to lead to a lot. I mean, I, I predict a pretty big uptick in, in elderly suicides. Uh, and it's like... It's so heartbreaking to think about. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's awful. But uh, it's, the thing is, it's like the infrastructure to, to fix that 
I mean, there's a little bit in place. You know, there, there's there's lines. There's like warm lines and hot lines for old people who can call and talk to somebody. But it's yeah. going to need to be like a massive effort. And I mean, we're going to try to mm-hmm. sort of like bring that stuff to you guys when 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 it comes out. And you know, try to mobilize you fucking idiot. I don't know why anyone want to talk to anybody who listens to this podcast, but I'm sure they don't have much choice. Um, but I really, you know, I really want to stress that. Like uh, another thing too is like you should also just like be calling people you know too. Like yeah, it's so funny because you were just talking, and in my head I was like, wait, Brace, can we just talk on the phone after this? Yeah, yeah. I know that sounds so stupid. Sorry, I don't know. I, maybe we should cut that part. Maybe that's, like, lame. No, no, no. Leave it in. You hear that? But... Listeners, you hear that? <laughs> a woman wants to speak to me. You hear that? A woman who once wouldn't call me back a long time ago is now asking to talk to me on the phone. Oh yeah. Well, you're always trying to win, right? I exactly. Well, I don't want to. No, let's not bring that in here. Uh, but yes, I am, and I did. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's true. And I talked to one of my best friends last night on the phone, and um, you know, you guys, you should start getting in the habit, and it really does make a difference. Yeah, I mean, I think that like a big part of what's going to get a lot of people coming up is this isolation, right? And, and listen, I have been the first time I spent a long time isolated when I was, was when I was 13 years old, I had been kidnapped from my house by, they call them escorts, but they're not the kind that our fans are. Um, they are people who just pick you up in the middle of the night. Uh, and, and I was at a wilderness program, which later got shut down for a couple of kids uh, being killed by the instructors there. Uh, not, yeah, I mean, withheld uh, insulin, et cetera. Um, but oh they, they put me out. They put me out in the desert in the middle of winter by myself for five days. And those five days, I still remember them because I mean, I was thirteen. I'm from a city. I have, I have a fairly active social life uh, of. Mostly playing D and D, but you know, for the past year, I've been a little punk rocker. Uh, and those five days were were incredibly mentally taxing and difficult. I mean, I didn't have books or uh, anything to look at besides the desert, um, but and there was no people around. But it was it was like torturous, basically. And and so I feel for a lot of people because I think a lot of people feel like that's like what they're faced with right now is like, a, you know, a few weeks in the desert with nothing. And no, you do have like, you have other people. And even if you don't have other people, like immediately, I mean, I know a lot of people don't have friends. Like, I'm not saying that as like a joke. I mean, there's all those studies that come out. A lot of young men is particularly, yeah. but also a lot of young women don't have friends. Um, well, now here's the fucking time to call your guy you play fucking Call of Duty with. Um, cause he's going to need some motherfucker True. to call him too. Uh, it's like, you're going to have to be doing some whack fucking shit to make sure that you don't blow your brains out. Um, yeah, we all might get a little cringe, you guys. Yeah. Not me. I'm getting actually less cringe at, by the day. Uh, but it's, you know, I understand if everyone else needs to be, uh, another thing is like, we also like who the fuck, you know, we were saying that everything's going to be closed. Uh, except for grocery stores and stuff. So, like, if, you know, for those that need to hear this, you should go buy groceries now. Don't don't be like, oh, they're going to be open. I can go out, blah, blah, blah. But, like, supply- I mean, there's, like, massive lines. There's massive like- lines. 
but like also, you know, I have friends, like I've said, who work in the supply chain. Things yeah. are going to get mighty fucking weird soon with that stuff. I yeah. mean, I know in parts of Northern California, a bunch of Whole Foods stores did not get shipments of a bunch of different things in. Um, I'm sure that's happening all across the country. So like if you can't afford it, which again, I know a lot of people can't, um, you should try to do that. Yeah. Um, again, like just the other thing I, just cause we're saying this and I want to stress it again, you guys got to make sure that you have Tylenol and a thermometer at home. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get a thermometer um, at this point. start feeling kind of sick. Yeah. If you can't, um, yeah, you got to find a thermometer somehow. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There has to be some, Still what, right? All parents have thermometers. So simply just yeah. tell your parents to wait outside the house for 10 minutes so you don't infect them and then go in there and take their thermometers. <laughs> no, 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 and, don't do that. And their don't Norcos. Do that. No. But, uh, yeah, you guys, you know, a, a lot of people seem very anxious um, about having symptoms. Yeah. Which I understand. I've definitely, like, mental gymnastics been like, what if I have it? Um, like, a couple times, actually. <laughs> but uh, I will say that if that's true, if you do think, first of all, you're not going to get a test. Stop trying to figure out how you're going to get a test. You're not going to get a test. Yeah. Like, uh, I'll say this. I know for a fucking fact that every Kardashian has been tested. <laughs> like were they showing symptoms and got tested or they just got tested no just because rich people get to get tested first uh okay? it appears that like in many cases rich people are the people who get to get tested only yes that also might be the case but what i mean is don't freak out that you don't have a test okay because none of us are getting tested but don't freak out yeah okay? but what you should do is take your temperature and monitor your symptoms for like three to four days. Like write down what's happening with you. Take your temperature twice a day, write down if things are changing. And then, so when you call a doctor, you can tell them, okay, I've written everything down. This is what has been happening over the past couple of days because they're going to, they're, they're going to want to know that. And that will make it easier for you to basically be pushed up a line if that needs to be, if that needs to happen, which most likely it will not just putting it out there. One thing I wanted to mention before that is, so a lot of you are likely uh, big jewel smokers, right? Uh, I know currently I am smoking one myself. That is because my lungs are mostly tin at this point. Um, oh but God. it's, it's uh, here is your opportunity to quit everything <laughs> because you're not going to a, you're going to be going insane, but you're not going to have to be at work while you go insane for most of you, except for those of you who do have to go to work. Uh, and B you can't get any more. I mean, maybe you can get SIGs and jewel, but like for people, so I've gotten a lot of messages, not a lot, but about six or seven from people who are drug users and some drug people who mm. are self-proclaimed drug addicts. And, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this at the sort of beginning of this crisis when I was like, damn, when I was a junkie, like, this would be the scariest fucking thing in the world for me. Because you're like, yeah. dope man, he's not going to be there. Or maybe he'll get COVID. Or maybe, you know, I, I'm sure that the supply lines, especially if they close the borders, which which is, you know, 
on its way, like even between states, I think is going to happen. Um, you, you're, you're freaked out because you, you know, you won't be able to get it. And like, I don't even know. I mean, I have no idea if like detoxes and all those sort of things are open. I know that the ones I work at are not having me come in. So I don't know what that means. Um, but, uh, for those of you who are freaking out about having to like, maybe stop drinking or maybe stop using dope or speed or something. Don't worry about it, baby. Give me a fucking hit, hit the, hit the podcast DMS. Uh, and I'll try to connect you with someone where you are. Or, Cause I know a fucking lot of sober people, or I can just tell you how, uh, a little tips and tricks I have for, uh, making withdrawals out so bad. That's the thing. I'm never afraid of getting sick. Cause I was basically sick every other day for like four years. So it's fine with me. Um, but I just wanted to mention that because that has been uh, a, a um, not frequent, but not infrequent uh, sort of tenor of some messages yeah. I've been getting. And I was able to connect some people to some other people, which is, which is you know, worked out pretty good. Here's the thing. You're going to have to sharp sh- stop shooting smack anytime. This is the perfect time to stop doing it. Because you got nothing to do. You know, you're going to be sick anyways. Not with COVID necessarily, but, you know, it'll be fine. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm quitting smoking right now, so... Yeah, how's that going I'm for you? With, uh, it is day five. Mm-hmm. Can you, like, uh, taste stuff again? I don't know. I don't know. It sucks. It fucking sucks. I'm not going to lie. It sucks. Yeah. But it's what it is. Here I am. <laughs> Uh, I have only increased my smoking, but that's because I'm trying to run through my stockpile so that I'll have to quit. Although it has given me oh a rather my God. terrible logic. Listen, I'm not. I'm not. You're logic not, is coughing. dead, baby. I I've been coughing for two weeks because our producer got me sick. Oh my god. Oh, I just heard him sigh too. This is bullshit, guys. I, I want you to know <laughs> that this is bullshit. Pretend and it's a wet cough. Um. <laughs> But no. before we kind of close out here, I wanted to read a little something. I was, I was, I was thinking about this earlier, and I wrote it down. And I wanted to read it out so that I didn't just like freestyle it and forget shit that I was fucking meaning to say. But I think it's a, a, a sort of my thoughts on the situation at hand. If that's all right, are you okay with that, baby? Mm-hmm. Okay. So. In a way, this is the easiest apocalypse in history because I think for a lot of people it does feel apocalyptic because almost everyone's still alive. There's still food delivery. Online gaming is still intact and you can still call up women and uh, call them beautiful using apps, etc. You can listen to the doors, uh, which I've been doing quite a bit. Uh, you can fuck girls who have showered. You can even shower yourself and you can take medication and you can call the police. But there is a pressure rising. It's like we're engaged in a forced march up some steep incline, but we haven't gotten too far yet, and we can still turn our necks, and we don't even have to strain to still see the ground, the painted rooftops, and the streets of the city below. Our old lives. If we look up, though, we're met with one hell of a mountain, one that's covered completely in an opaque fog. We don't see how high it goes. However, we know that should we continue upwards, the air will start to thin, and in fact, this has already started. There's a certain hysterical quality to a lot of interactions these days. People's speech is clipped or expelled too quickly. We're sweatier than usual. I can admit, for myself at least, that I'm a little giddy, and all of us, I think, have a pit in our stomach from nervous anticipation of unknown heights. And to stick with this for a second, 
I'm not much of a mountaineer. I've never scaled any heights like this before because this is different than drugs or getting in trouble or girls crying, anything like that. Uh, it's different than getting, you know, having sheer terror and possible consequences. Those are the things that I'm used to. This is the first thing that all of us have really faced together. We can't try to ignore it. In the weeks and the months after this, you are going to witness amazing things and things that make you want to puke. You might know tremendous loss and sorrow or lightheaded ecstasy and new kinds of love. Or it might just be a giant pain in the ass. I don't know. I do know that history is happening. And I do know that our whole lives, every second, have led to this moment, which is true whether we want it to be or not. For me, I know that my years spent in institutions, in cages, in, uh, in rooms that sort of mimic cages, all that has led to this. And thankfully, I'm a little prepared. But I'll freely admit that I've suffered a lot and I don't really understand until now I'll cause a lot of that suffering. I think I do at this point because it was preparing me for this. And if you look at your own life that way, you can see that like all the bullshit that you've been through, loneliness, you know, sadness, all that stuff, that should be helping to prepare you for what you're about to face. But more than that, I understand that it's possible to live under any condition and the only thing that makes it easier is to look the moment in the eyes. So that's what I'm saying is that you got to be ready. I've been talking a lot about how I'm done reading the thing now, baby. You can interrupt me at any point, but I've been talking okay. a lot about how the serpent is rising and that's what I'm <laughs> feeling here. And that's why I'm love. If you throw, if you, if you sort of switch from thinking, oh, this is so awful, blah, blah, blah. Everything's going to change, whatever, uh, into being excited about it in a weird perverse way. You can't be all the way excited or you're a pervert. Um, but if you really start like being, you know, not anxious, but curious as to what the future is going to bring, I think you'll be a lot better off. Mm. I like that. Curious, not anxious. Exactly. I like that. I, I, that's a good way to turn anxiety on its head. I think as saying like, why don't we explore this rather than bottle it up? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Because if you just sit there with sort of like a formless fear in you, you're just like, I'm scared of something, but I don't know what that something is going to be. Okay, that's going to drive you fucking crazy. But if you know, if you if you really start sort of laying out for yourself, I've been writing out what I think the fucking possibilities are going to be. Maybe we can talk about that in another mm -hmm. episode. But uh, it's exciting, you know, because you, you can sort of plot like possible chart lines uh, for the future. Um, and, yeah. and that better prepares you to deal with them and to possibly affect them. Yeah. Mm, that was really beautiful, Brace. That gave me a lot to think about. You're very beautiful, Liz. Mm, I miss you. Ooh. Okay. Well, we got to end <laughs> soon or else I'm going to start. Oh, Not she misses. that way. Uh, our just, producer pointed know. to himself, too. Do you miss him? Yes. Okay. Look but at I, that. You know. Yeah. Uh, no, I know you, uh, think about me constantly, which, you know, oh I think God. about our producer. You know, you don't, you don't have to ruin it. It was going to be a nice little moment. Baby, don't fuck me. Come on. I'm hungry. I'm nervous. And it's, it's, uh, yeah. Um, but we All should, right. I want to mention that we are going to be trying. So this is, this is obviously the call in show from Liz. Uh, we are mm. working on some other audio stuff. So that will be, and by working on, I mean, we are purchasing, post haste the parts that we forgot to buy 
four. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> but uh, we're going to be doing some other sort of alternative methods of conveying ourselves. Again, uh, for some reason, our producer, uh, who, by the way, I should mention, is wearing a tie. I came over to his house. He has not <laughs> left the house all day, and he is wearing a tie, perfectly cuffed pants. He is wearing, I believe, are those penny loafers? Uh, and, uh, a suit jacket, uh, or, well, it's, it's, that's a suit jacket, right? It is part of a suit. It is the jacket of a suit. Correct. Uh, yes. Um, but, uh, he was wearing all of those things while at his house alone for, I believe the past few days. It's for the fans. It's for the fans. He says, I don't know where the fans, they can't, you know, they can't see us when we do this. They can see him. Oh, they can feel it. But uh, anyways, I'm going to make this fucking uh, asshole, uh, I'm going to make him finish that workout video, which we promised, we were asked about, which has not been forthcoming, strangely enough. It's really hard to do. Mm. He said it's hard to do. You want me to do it? I would love to see that. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe I will then. Uh, A little trick, though, I should say about that is uh, until his Young Chomsky's workout video gets here, you should just try to beat yourself in push-ups every day. Just do them until your arms collapse. Yeah, that's a good... That is the good, yeah. Everyone should get in cool, good shape while they're at home. I'm yeah. a big proponent of that. I worked out today. I, I felt I, so much better afterwards. Yeah, I uh, did not, but I positioned my shoulder holster, uh, it, and now it's hanging off the side of my bed, so I can mm. easily reach the 38, uh, basically from a, a supine position. <laughs> Um, um, okay, we should wrap this up. But, okay, guys, I, I promise you, we're not going to have just heavy corona uh, episodes only. And no, we're not going to get emotional every episode. We're back we to... Got, we got regular Chernon programming coming right up, including part three, highly anticipated part three of our beloved 9-11 series. Okay. That's coming up soon. So, you know, we're back at it. Don't don't think that we're going anywhere, but we're definitely, you know, going to keep keep commenting on this corona stuff and, you know, we're always going to be there for you guys. And we're going to figure out exactly which uh laboratory belonging to the United States Central Intelligence Agency created this in the first place. <laughs> yes. So, with that, my name is uh Bill Gates, the inventor of coronavirus. We are joined, of course, by producer uh, Little Chomsky. No? Okay, he didn't like that one. Young Chomsky. (laughs) Calling in from the other side. I'm Liz. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein.